So this uh, this weekend, like next weekend, uh, we've got our first comedians going on at uh, Crane Road on Saturday. So yesterday we started and we'll finish up with a couple more masses for the second graders next Saturday. And it's such a it's such a joyful moment just for the kids uh, to receive Jesus uh, in that special way for the first time and uh, to share in their excitement and, and joy. But it's also a great opportunity. Uh, you know, because as you, as you know, we're, we're all kind of a mixed bag, you know, as, as a church, as a faith, and, you know, people uh, kind of practice their faith in, in particular ways, uh, each of us different, huh? And how we live it out and express it. Um, but to have so many uh, families that maybe uh, we haven't seen for a while because of COVID or because maybe they just have gotten out of the practice of coming, but to have them there and to be able just to to spend time with them, all of us together, as, as the Lord says, one flock, uh, and, and to take that opportunity to, to witness our love and our joy and, and our faith, right? I think this is the key. You know, I, do you ever wonder, you know, Jesus says he's the good shepherd, but who, who's our shepherd now, right? Who shepherds us? And you could say, well, it's, it's the church, it's the priest. Well, that's part of it, yeah, but so are you. You all share in the priesthood of the baptized. Uh, we all have an obligation, don't we? Uh, to live out the faith in a way that shepherds people, our kids, uh, our spouses, people that we are friends with and we encounter. Uh, each of us has, has a responsibility to, to witness the faith in such a way that it attracts the people that the Lord has given to us in our life uh, to disciple. It's, it's, uh, it's daunting. Uh, but it certainly is an exciting adventure that all of us are on, especially in this day and age. Well, I, uh, I was kind of ruminating uh, as I kind of prayed over this gospel, just how it, it seemed to be so easy growing up you know, here in St. Charles. Uh, you know, you know, St. Pat's was sort of like the, the hub of our, our, not just our religious life, but our social life, our family life revolved around this place. We went to school here. We had uh, lots of you know, celebrations here, masses here, sacraments here. Um, most of our friendship groups were based uh, on, on uh, how we encountered people here. All my extended family went here. This, this was it. It was easier, I think, in a generation ago than it is maybe today to live out the faith. We all know people, especially in our own families, who uh, have decided to walk a different path in terms of the faith. And we, we puzzle on that. And yet, at the same time, uh, we shouldn't be discouraged by it. Uh, and, I, and I don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I said, don't be discouraged by it. Because the situation that we're in now is different than it was a generation ago, but it's our situation. And the worst thing I think we can do is to live in the past and, 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 to, and to say, well, I just wish we could go back to 1960. Well. We're not going to do that. It's not going to happen, and nor should it. This is our moment. This is our time. This is our church. And how are we going to live in it in a way that lives up to our responsibility to, to disciple and to evangelize? Huh? I was, uh, when I was pastor at Holy Cross many years ago, uh, down there in Batavia, and it was a, uh, a Christmas Eve Mass. You know how crazy those are. And just so many people. Uh, coming from all, again, just like our First Communion families, just running the whole gamut, those who are always there, those who are never there, and everybody in between. 
But the, the spirit of Christmas and the joy of that moment, and everybody's just kind of crammed in there, and I, and I had the Mass. And my associate told me later, Father Grady told me later that this had happened while I was offering the Mass. They had that, they had that weird side chapel, which is now an adoration chapel, and that's where the tabernacle was. It wasn't in the church, it was in that side chapel. And that's where and we had like you know, turn all the chairs around to face the church, and people were just in there, sitting everywhere. Well. Here's the tabernacle, and here's the people, and they, you know, they were sitting like on either side of the tabernacle on this this brick shelf, and they had put their coats on top of the tabernacle. It was crazy, and and so Father walks in, Grady, to get the Eucharist for communion. You know, like how we bring it out of the tabernacle at communion time. So he goes in there to get it to bring it into the church to help, and and he's walks up and he you know says you know takes the coats off and gets Jesus out. And people are like, oh my gosh, the Lord was there. <laughs> and and uh, there's a guy, and this is what Father Grady told me, he laughed about it. He goes, yeah, this guy, he kind of gets in front of me to clear a path. And he says, watch out, Father's got the goods. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, you know, in, the, in that situation, there's a great opportunity to witness. We've got the goods, we've got it all, right? Uh, the Lord has given us the best, he's given us Jesus. And so with that message, with that excitement, with that, with that awesome responsibility in this moment, which is ours, to go out and to radically witness in a way that attracts people that we've been called to disciple. You know, I know it's, you know, we could get, you know, we, we look at, you know, the world, we look at things that go on in the church, things that go on in our culture, things that go on wherever. And we say, well, boy, I wish it was the way it was uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Well, okay, wish that, but also be realistic. Uh, the Lord has put us here for a reason. You know, there's no such thing as coincidences. We have been born into this time and place to do certain things and to witness in certain ways, to speak uh, the joy of the Christian life, the love of Jesus Christ, the resurrection uh, that in which we all share by virtue of our common baptism and priesthood. We have a message, and it's positive, and it's optimistic, and it's hopeful, and it's powerful. You know, the Holy Spirit that uh, rocked rooms in the early church with the disciples, which gave Peter the, the opportunity and the wherewithal to preach boldly, is the same Holy Spirit. It isn't, it isn't changed. It's our openness to the radical nature of the Christian life and what we are being called to do. You know, I heard, gosh, you know, my, my spouse, you know, he doesn't want to pray with me or doesn't want to go to Mass with me or uh, you know, my kids, they don't, they don't go to church anymore. And I get so upset and, and, and they, you know, I, and I, I yell at them. And, and why don't they listen to me? Well, then stop yelling at them. It's, it is not coercion. It's conversion. Where's your joy, your love, your embracing of this opportunity? That's, that's what wins hearts. And it takes time, and maybe you won't ever see it, but you plant seeds. Remember how uh, mom and dad just loved each other and loved us, and, and, and somehow it had something to do with their love for Jesus and the Eucharist or whatever it was that was so important to them. 
And they find themselves, your kids later, in a time in their life when they need it so badly because things are going so, so crazy. And all of a sudden they remember, it's like, you know, it made them so happy. And I'm not happy. Maybe I should go try that. Maybe I should go back. Who knows how it's going to work? But you plant seeds. And you don't, have, you don't go live in the past and say, I wish I had done a better job. Stop it. You think the faith of your kids depends solely on you? What about Jesus? Let him do his work. And stop complaining and stop regretting. Just live in the moment. This is your moment. It's ours. It's exciting. There's never been a more exciting time than to be a Catholic Christian than there is right now. Because there's never been more opportunities. St. Vincent Paul is talking to his daughters of charity who were, who were complaining because the poor were so difficult to work with. He said, yes, the poor can be difficult taskmasters, as you well know. He goes, but it's only by your love, only by your love, that the poor will forgive you for the bread that you give them. It's only by your love, your joy, your enthusiasm for the project, that your kids and your spouses and your family and your friends will forgive you for the message that you bring them. And let Jesus do his work. He's the good shepherd. And we share in that awesome responsibility to shepherd his people. There's a poem by Gerard Manley Hopkins called The the Kingfisher's Fire. Manley Hopkins, go look it up on Google. Just Kingfisher's Fire. Last stanza goes like this. Uh, Christ plays... Uh, lovely in 10,000 places. Lovely in limbs and eyes, not his. To the Father, through the features of men's faces. Whose eyes, whose limbs, whose faces? Ours. Ours. We got the goods, brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen.